Silmar today at Tia Chuchas, and I'm here with Luis. Um, we we you know we know Luis as a you know accomplished author, a poet, an activist. You know for our community, I know him as um, someone who's preserving our culture, native culture, Chicano culture. So it's it's um, it's it's an honor for us to have him and, and sit down and talk with him. And so you're good today, Luis. Good man, I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, it, you know, you and I have been talking about this, about doing it, and for me, you know, I, I'm going to get into the books and I'm going to get into the writings, and um, and you know, and I and I talked to you a little bit about what the what the uh, the show is about, um, and some of the pictures that just blew me away, the pictures that you have from your old neighborhood, and so I kind of want to get back to how it started like that, and what was it like, and. The show is is really about low riding, and I know low riding is a part of that neighborhood, yeah. you know, scene and stuff like that. Um, uh, for you, what do you remember? What was your first memories of low riding in, in the so neighborhood? So I think like it that? has to be said that this is street art. This is street life. It all that stuff came from poor barrios. They didn't come with money. They didn't come from big. You know, it was in poor neighborhoods being created the way poor people can do, especially. Mexicanos, Chicanos. Mm -hmm. We're known to be creative no matter what. You know, we get that from our indigenous roots, mm -hmm. from the Maya, from the Mexica, from all the tribal people that were so creative and so artistic. So it comes back very deep. But here you are in poor neighborhoods all over East LA. Well, I'm from the East LA area. My neighborhood was just above Montebello. Um, and we were poor as so all you can get. On those days, it was dirt roads, mm -hmm. chickens and goats in people's backyards. What years are we shacks. talking about, Louis? I was talking the 60s and early 70s. When and I was you were there. in South San Gabriel Loma neighborhood. So, yeah, South yeah. San Gabriel Lomas. And uh, we were migrant communities that used to pick the walnuts and oranges, but those groves were gone. And get, by the time I got there, it was surrounded by white suburbs, mm -hmm. really nice neighborhoods mm -hmm. like Monterey Park or Hambra, San Gabriel. There wasn't Asians like it is now, it was all white. And then these migrant neighborhoods, a hundred of them in the San Gabriel Valley, like Lomas, like Sangra, like Monte Flores, like Monte Hicks, like, you know, Jimtown, El Jardin, Pico, Pico. Viejo, mm -hmm. all these neighborhoods mm -hmm. were, were these poor Mexican neighborhoods mm -hmm. surrounded by white people. Yeah. So we were, and I say street life because we were at war. To me, street life is constant war. We were at war with the racist white people. We were at war with the sheriff's deputies. It could be police department, but we had sheriff's deputies over us because we were unincorporated. And we were at war with other barrios. You know, it was yeah. a constant yeah. thing. And so I think street life like that, um, 
brings a lot of trauma and tension. Yeah. But to me, it took the shape of creating new new ways of expression. So I would say that the the two that really gravitated to me growing up was uh, tattoos, tatuajes, mm-hmm. uh, the placas, the on your body, and as well as Lorraine. Because those were the two expressions that I got got to see. Do uh, yeah. Do any of the cars stick out to you more? Well, here's the one thing. It um, seems like bombas were like the thing right there. With the pictures that you sent exactly. me, it seemed like the bombas were like more of like the 30s, represent- 40s, and 50s. And really, uh, old cars, 30s and 40s, were at that time the best cars. Uh, and we would call them um, raflas if they were done well, and garuchas if they were all falling down. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. we, so, but people put a lot of pride in those cars because what happened is you couldn't afford the new cars. We were poor people, but you made the most out of the old cars. The bombas, the 30s and 40s and 50s, the deluxes, uh, the Bel Airs, which uh-huh. I loved a lot, yeah. were like. Uh, you can make them beautiful. Yeah. You could put not just keep them stock because some people would do that, but actually right. start creating, recreating. When I think things. about those kind of cars, like neighborhood yeah. cars, yeah. I always think like primered out bombas, fucking uh, yeah. bullet holes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and you knew, oh, that car's a Lomas car. That car's a Sanga car. You know what I yeah. mean? You already yeah. knew, like, oh, I seen that car. That fool's yeah. from whatever. You know what I mean? So one thing that happened is I uh, I started hanging out with about four of the homies. And I lived in South San Gabriel, which was unincorporated, but then I moved to, my dad moved to San Gabriel, the southern part. Okay. So uh, it was San Gabriel City, but it was Sangha part, and our main enemy was Sangha. And I mentioned this as they were our enemy, but they're not my enemies now. I have no enemies. I, I know people there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I love all my values, but, you know, we were enemies then. So what we did is, uh, the Lomas guys, we recruited all the guys from this southern part of San Gabriel City okay. into Lomas. It eventually became the Norwood Locals, which was, became a big clique for the neighborhood. Okay. Um, later on, they were the Norwood Locals. Okay. But we, we recruited everybody we could, and we had a lowrider car. Yeah. It was a six, with the blacks call it six trays. It was a 63. Oh, 63. Uh-huh. This is when the palace were becoming like 58, 59, yeah. 60, 62, 63 yeah. were like really good, yeah. 64, they were all really good. And so we kind of had, uh, it was owned by my homeboy Spider, but we all kind of owned it. Yeah, we right, right, right. It. The neighborhood car. Yeah, we all neighborhood. We all cleaned <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. We all drove it. Yeah, we, we all cruised and, uh, it together. We cruised it to Whittier. Whittier yeah. was the big, the bomb. Everybody yeah. was there. So you guys would hit Whittier. Yeah, yeah we'd hit okay. low, and we would lower, lower it the old way. You know, cut the, hit coil, the coils, cut and, the coil. Yeah, yeah. 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 But okay. eventually, uh, when fortunately after, and we did some bad things there. We brought people <laughs> there. You know, I mean, I have to say, that was yeah, no, no, no. That's that's what the whole show is about. We did drive bys, which was sad, and. But and you hit you'd hit Whittier Boulevard packed in that '63, yeah. and that was a Lomas car. Yeah. So that what happens? Lomas had a corner on Clayla and uh, and Whittier Boulevard. Okay. And oh that's shit! So you Group guys even there. took oh okay. And Group, and this is what I understand, started out of my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. They're like one of the oldest yeah. car clubs and one of the biggest. Yeah. Apparently, they started in my neighborhood, but anyway, they allowed Lomas to be there. Okay. So every corner had different neighborhoods. Every I remember 18th okay. Street was in, far away from us, mm-hmm. and there was always Plato. And, yeah. You know, we had all these different neighborhoods, but we had uh, Clayla Street. Right okay. There, and it was, yeah. And, and more than likely, that's probably what happened, is that that car club came out. I'll ask some people from group. I'll ask them if originally, you know, the founders of it were from that neighborhood. Because yeah, some, it could be, it could even be like, 
out of out of like relation like oh that's my cousin you know yeah, I think that's the way it works mm-hmm, somebody right. says oh they started the average but I think it, it, we all knew people mm-hmm. and it doesn't really matter where it started but it was the it, but they were the big car club and they left yeah. Lomas there okay. that was the thing so that was the car the neighborhood car yeah so the neighborhood car was a 63 Impala which Unfortunately, one of the homeboys, drunk or whatever he was wrecked doing, it. wrecked it. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. killed it. There's Everybody a lot of stories of wrecked, wrecked uh, Impalas, wrecked lowriders. Yeah, you know PC, that's PC, the crazy and alcohol. La vida loca, as we say, we're crazy. We're, yeah. we're on drugs. Mm-hmm. We're drinking. We're partying. Sure enough, that was a sad thing because yeah. we took care of that and they couldn't afford it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next lowrider, carbly or not, was a VW Bug. Okay, yeah. And and I know you yeah. did a lot of yeah. uh, a lot of writing in that too, yeah. like a lot of um, you know you you had it for quite a while, right? Yeah. And what I did is we lowered it and we put the magnesium wheels and they were sticking out. Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, and yeah, it was really cool. And, and what year was that? Sixty-eight. Sixty-nine. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Wow. So when cool. you're talking about low riding in that '63 yeah. from your neighborhood, you're talking about yeah, what earlier? So that was probably sixty. Seven, sixty-seven on Whittier Boulevard. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah. I was I was really into it, and then of course, like I said, the tats, which is all part of it. Right. Uh, I got my first tat when I was twelve years old. Twelve which years is old, like must be over fifty-seven years ago. So you were active in the neighborhood already. I was active since I was eleven. Wow. And uh, really quick, without making a big deal about it, yeah, I was. I, right. It's in my book, always running. But mm-hmm. I got into the gang. By the time I was 12, I started doing drugs. I mean, heroin, but it was leading up to using it intravenously. I didn't start doing that until I was 15. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we were using, putting heroin in our weed or cigarettes or just uh, skin popping it or snorting it. And eventually you're doing it intravenously. And that's just Um, because that's just, that's what was going down in the hood, right? That's just what's happening. All of a sudden, heroin was everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of those guys coming out of Vietnam. Right, right, exactly. And went all in their right minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get heroin everywhere. Uh, it, it never used to be heroin. It was all weed. Yeah. It was all maybe downers and uppers. You can pills, whatever. And heroin comes in all of a sudden. And everybody's just hit shooting everywhere. up everybody. Yeah. Wow. And then pretty soon we're hitting PCP. And then LSD. I did all the drugs. I was yeah. like, I, I call an equal opportunity drug user. Drug user, yeah. I used whatever was there, but heroin <laughs> was the main thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that messed up. I described myself sometime in those days yeah. as a human garbage disposal That's of all everything. Was, man. Which everything is sad. I was taking. It, it messed up my liver. It messed up a lot of things. Yeah. But uh, over the years, it's right. It's gotten better because I've been sober for twenty eight years. That's right. That's right. But the point is, it was rough, and we did everything. And I didn't. I always tell people it was. Uh, it was really numbness and escape. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of pain we couldn't address, we couldn't talk about. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of uh, police killed for my homies, yeah. including two of my best friends. They were my best homies, the yeah. police killed them. Other homies got killed with other violence, mm-hmm. overdoses, heroin, it was so much death. So you were dealing with that stuff right yeah. there, that trauma yeah. at a very, very early so age. So to me, the cars and the tattoos were our way of expressing our trauma with art. There you go. Because there our tattoos go. covered our bodies and yeah. it kind of said, this is who we are what, on our body. Or and that's, you know. that's what I'm talking to you about earlier, Luis, is that for me, I want to make sure that we, the world knows as, yeah. as globally as low writing is and Chicano art and yeah. tattoo, as global as it's become, I want the world to understand and to know yeah. every time reference back to the neighborhoods, to these brown neighborhoods, these, sure. these brown because neighborhoods, here's the these thing. people of color neighborhoods. Nowadays, everybody's got black and gray tattoos mm-hmm. all over the world. Mm-hmm. It's not even just, uh, I've been to Europe, everybody's got black, they don't get the origins. I have to explain to you, the origins were us, mm-hmm. Chicano kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My best homie, uh, Sharky, he was killed by the, sh- the police 
but uh, he had so many tattoos. Mm -hmm. And I, don't, I was like the least tattooed guy, but I loved tattoos. I just was the least compared to some of the couple of the homies. There wasn't a lot of them, but mm -hmm. some of them tattoos, man, up and down. They, yeah. I love that shit. And then, <laughs> and then when the Lowrider cars came out, yeah. we basically put that art onto the cars. Onto the car. We yeah. painted murals on the cars. Mm -hmm. We made them come alive. You know? So that's another thing that I brought up, and I, I mentioned it to, to our friend Denise. I said, yeah. for me, lowriding is bringing art, displaying yeah. art in neighborhoods yeah. where you don't see that art. Right. And there is a sense of huge sense of pride when we see little kids come out and just their eyes just pop out and be like, man, God, I had no idea. For them, I feel like they they feel like I had no idea in this shit yeah. here. I can see something so beautiful and be so proud of it That's and right. say that that belongs to us. That's ours, yeah. you know. And yeah. so for me, cruising is that important for me because yeah. I said, you know what, we we roll through these neighborhoods with yeah. these rolling piece of artwork, yeah. you know. So that's and, and I also think the walls too. Uh, they call it graffiti. They call it. Uh, it's, well, we didn't just tag. It was intricate artwork mm -hmm. in those days. Yeah. Um, it was. You took pride in lettering. It. We took mm -hmm. great pride. Um, you've seen some of the pictures yeah. I showed you. There's mm -hmm. a, that was, those came from the '60s. We weren't mm -hmm. we weren't playing around. We were doing great pieces. I eventually ended up doing murals, acrylic murals. I yeah. did like ten murals. Yeah, uh, eight of them were thirteen gang kids when I was seventeen. Wow! And it was because of that Chicano activist that came down and mm -hmm. helped us. You know, hey man, paint murals. Everybody's painting murals, and it needs to yeah. be okay. We'll paint them. So I started doing that. Yeah. See, to me, again, how do you express your trauma? You can do it by hurting somebody. You can do it by hurting yourself, which is what we did. We took the drugs. We hurt ourselves. We hurt others, but we also found a way to express it through art. And right. the art was quite extensive. And Luis, yeah. you started doing time early too, huh? Yeah, early I started age. going to jail when I was thirteen. I was in and out of jail, San Gabriel Valley, okay. East LA jail, and then I was in. Um, at 16, I was in murder's row because I got involved with the Chicano Moratorium. Okay. And they actually arrested about five cholos. Okay. But here's what happened. Uh, as you know, the Chicago Moratorium, there was mm -hmm. a lot of people arrested. Mm -hmm. There was a, a, a riot ensued. Mm -hmm. The police attacked everybody mm -hmm. there in the big riot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they arrested five cholos. On Wheeler Boulevard. On Wheeler Boulevard. was mm -hmm. one of the first ones arrested. They let everybody go after two, three hours because it was because it was like people. a riot thing, just detaining them us. and not you guys. They kept not the us, Tolos. Yeah, they kept us in juvenile hall and then they mm -hmm. pulled us from juvenile hall. So you showed up at Chicano Moratorium, but all Cholo down. Huh? I was I was there to party, bro. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I, I got I got totally engaged with the Chicano yeah, power the and yeah. the brown berets, and yeah, then yeah. I didn't even find myself. You know, a little bit like a Chicano pie. I was getting yeah. into it. Wow. But so, which was a little bit off from like, if you're from a neighborhood, was, that's yeah. it, that's all. But yeah. when you kind of get in the moment, you're already like, Chicano pie, vamanos. Yeah. And so, here's yeah. what happened when they got us, they put us in the murderous role of the Hall of Justice Jail. Yeah. And it was, and we weren't supposed to be there. I was 16. Wow. Gotta be 18 and over. Right. There was a 13 year old I was defending. And in murder's role, everybody's murdered somebody or yeah. suspected. And wow. all black and brown except for one white guy. One white guy in murderous room. Manson. Charles Manson. I had a cell right next to Charles Manson. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, so he was the only white guy there. He was going to trial. Oh, shit. And all these other guys. And everybody wanted to kill him. And you're... And you're <laughs> everybody yeah. wanted to book him? They wanted to get him, man. Everybody he, wanted to book him. You'd yeah. be famous if you booked Charles yeah, Manson. Yeah, but what happened is the sheriff <laughs> protected him. That's, yeah, just, right, right. that's just a fact. They yeah. didn't protect me. The yeah. first night I was there, the two big... There was two big guys there in my cell that put a razor blade to my neck. But, you know, I, I tell people... I. In those days, I wasn't scared of nothing because you can't really be scared. You can't even hide it. I tell people, I was hiding. I really wasn't because they know when you're hiding, yeah. when you push your fear, they still know you're scared. They look you straight in the eye. 
I was a kind of a crazy dude yeah. and I didn't care. Wow. You're gonna cut my throat. Uh-huh. I stood up to them. Yeah, that's right. Cut my throat. Yeah. Make sure I'm dead. Because if not, I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. I'm gonna find a way, I'm gonna kill you, motherfucker. Yeah. That's what I, I would do. That's yeah. the way it was. Yeah. I can't say that it made me a tough guy. No, 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 no. Just, but that's the, the life. That was reality. You that's the reality. Everybody. Yeah. And uh, it was two big black guys, and I didn't have issues with blacks, but anybody that hit me up, if it was mm-hmm. white guys, I, I would hit them up. And when I was in Juvenile Hall, mm-hmm. I got in Juvenile Hall when I was 17 for attempted murder. Yeah. At um, East Lake or where were you going? No, East Lake. East Lake. Yeah, that yeah. was. Uh, Los Padinos, I think, was around. I don't think so more. Yeah. I think East Lake was the main one. Was the main one, yeah. But um, there you have to fight the biggest guys. Ch- Chicanos were good at, we don't care how big you are, yeah. we'll take you. We're on. getting down, we're fighting. Yeah, so <laughs> you learn. But did, then, yeah. did, they, did they bring Charles Manson around you? Yeah, or, no, or? here's what they would do. They would let us out on the tier. Yeah. It was old time jails. You know, yeah, right. Open up. They let us out on the tier when he was behind a special cell that you couldn't, they had no bars. It was like a padded cell almost. But they kept him there to protect him. And then we had to do bars. When they would let us back in our cells, they let then him they out. let him out. Yeah. They wouldn't let us out the same On the time. tier? Or was it on a, the tier. a yard? Or what it was, was it? Tier. It was Just all tier. tier then. It was so no he would yard. walk by or what? People would walk by started yeah. making, uh, saying crazy things against blacks, Mexicans. Oh, is that right? Start talking shit. Yeah. talking shit. Everybody wanted to kill them. wanted them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what my attitude was? Little ass fool. My attitude was that he was scared to death. That's why he didn't do that. You know, people, when they act real crazy, it's because they're scared. And they uh-huh. think, if I act crazy, people... They'll leave me alone yeah. for acting crazy. But everybody figured them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they protected him. Because he had a name. Yeah, Again, right. somebody cuts my throat, I would have woke up dead the next morning. Who would care? No, would care, yeah. yeah they didn't bother Charles Manson, you had a name, yeah. But what happened is they couldn't get us for these murders. They killed three people, you know, that, that day. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were going to charge us because they said that we started the riot. We were the ones stealing the beer out of that liquor store in Alamon, yes. Indiana. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, they blamed us. Yeah. Uh, but it turned out that all the pictures, all these actors were taking pictures in film. Remember right. Super 8 and everything? Right. It just showed the police beating up people. Yeah, all it shows was the police killing people. They killed Ruben Salvador. Yeah, they showed yeah. they Silver pictures. Dollar, yeah. La Raza uh, Magazine. They, yeah, showed, right. they had to let us go because there was no proof that we did, any, that did. anything. How long? So I you, was there for like 10 days. 10, 10 days. days and nights, which is a long time without being adjudicated, right. without being in court. I, you know, it's just bad the yeah. way it was. Those right, days. right. Uh, and then the next thing I got arrested for was attempt to murder. We were fighting with some... Uh, motorcycle club white guys mm-hmm. we sh- four people got shot where was this at this is in san gabriel in san gabriel yeah, yeah. and uh we shot the, my body shot three of them they shot one of ours you know a white motorcycle gang yeah, yeah. and uh then i was in juvenile hall and then they were going to try to get me for attempted murder but is what happened all the witnesses yeah they, didn't they, show up didn't want yeah, yeah they didn't show up they didn't yeah. want to point mm-hmm. anything they had to let us go yeah this is the way it was with me i'd be arrested for a lot of things and didn't get it. i didn't actually get um, convicted until I was 18. So you were 18. Yeah. yeah, and I was arrested for fighting with police officers. Yeah. They were going to try to get me for um, at least minimum six years per officer, eight police officers, wow. supposedly. Yeah. But I, I wasn't fighting. The story is that I had come out of after I was cut Montebello. Yeah. And the cops were beating up this Chicana. She was already handcuffed on the ground. Oh, and shit. They were kicking yeah. her, beating her. A female. And everybody was walking away. But, you know, I had already some consciousness by then. I was 18 years old. I was okay. already like... Man, this is bad. I stood up to them. It was kind of crazy. It's not a non-gangster thing. Yeah. I know that I was already Chicano. Already okay. Moving. You were already like, activist working. Yeah, activist. Okay. I knew that when I stood up to the police, then that's not what a Chicano gangster would do. That's right. what uh, somebody who right. can't stand Right, somebody who, yeah, yeah. So they who got knows that me. shit's not right. 
they beat the hell out of me. They took me around the corner to the Little Rock Shrub Station mm-hmm. and drove me around, beat me up. Two cops next to me, me handcuffed in the yeah. middle, you know, knocking mm-hmm. me over, yeah. mm-hmm. took me to the county jail. And now I'm facing a state prison time. Is that right? For what? For attempted... Attempted uh, a peace uh, officer? Assault? Uh, uh, assault on a peace officer, officer yeah. Um, and it could have been, been at least six years or even more, depending if I can... A, a peace officer's claim that I... That you them. fought them, yeah. But what happened is the community stood up. Man. That's right. This is when the Chicano movement was really... They took on yeah. issues. They would show up to court. They wrote letters to the judge. And wow. the judge even said, I've never seen anybody do this yeah. for this fucking kid. I mean, yeah. messed up kid. Who cares? Right, who when cares? they saw the community showed up. Yeah. So what happened is I got convicted of time suit in the county jail. Wow. Because you were fighting that case yeah, for fighting. how long? Maybe, I would say, uh, maybe three to six months. It was like And that's months. the thing, though. That's the they thing. They even though, bailed me out so we still had more time. They would just railroad dudes you they know they just be like yeah no and, one's gonna care I send them to prison right go to court with these people mm-hmm. if they have family and they got community mm-hmm. maybe they made a mistake but right. if you let them go by themselves out of the book yeah them. for sure mm-hmm. so it's always good to have community there say hey listen we care for them we made a mistake right. we'll work with mm-hmm. them and, and that's how I did with my son you know yeah. my son did 15, close to 15 years in prison mm-hmm. 13 wow. and a half year stretch wow. but I, he was facing 40 years to life wow. and we spent a year and a half I learned it. a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fighting he was in the county jail mm-hmm. in Chicago, which is rough. Right. He wow. couldn't stand it. Wow. He even said at one point, Dad, I'll, t- I'll accept the 40 the years. Yeah. Go, no, no, no. Get me out of here. Yeah. Well, he ended up with all the community support getting 28 years. But in at the time, he can get out with half the time a good time. Now okay. you got to do 85 to 100% of right. the time. So he gets out uh, like 13 and a half years. They even give six months off. Wow. And he gets out. Wow. And he's, he was blessed because community stepped up. Stepped up there. for him, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I, that's what I would say. So that's what happened with me. I, I, when I walked out of jail the last time, that was it. I wasn't going to do any so, more time. So, Luis, in those times when you're doing that whole, that life, that active in your neighborhood, yeah. even getting into activism work yeah. with the Chicano movement, have you were you writing the whole time? I started writing at, at the Harlem Justice Murders Row. Writing yeah, or, or poetry or well, writing I was, what? I didn't know what I was doing. What happened is people would play cards or they would draw, and somebody had a pencil and paper. I didn't even know who it was, and I started writing my thoughts. Where'd that I, come from, man? You know what? I think it's destiny, man. I don't yeah. know. I used to love when I was I was homeless for three years when I was a teenager. Okay. So I used to love going to libraries, and the libraries were I think my saving grace because yeah. I yeah. love to read. Yeah. That's why. We need books in the like here, like we in the barrio, because people don't have bookstores in the neighborhoods. Right, the libraries are cool, but they need mm. to own. Yeah, we got liquor yeah. stores though. Huh? We got liquor stores like crazy. <laughs> we got some you, churches. You can get we have guns, churches. You yeah. can get liquor. You yeah. can get all the drugs mm-hmm. in the world, but you right. can't buy a book. Yeah, that's how our neighborhoods are. So I love the libraries and especially downtown. Yeah. So when I was homeless, I would spend hours yeah. in that library. Were you shooting dope at that time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was shooting dope. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is I was mugging people on Chinatown oh, yeah. and Overa yeah. and Street. I, I, I hate to admit all this stuff because it's not cool. No, I, no, I, I know. I know. I'm not glorifying it either, hand, but it's just one of the things. Yeah, I had a trained yeah. handgun that I used to protect myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't trust nobody, so I would sleep anywhere other than with other people. Okay. I would find abandoned cars. These be abandoned cars. Yeah, days. I would. You find just didn't trust buildings. anybody. Yeah, I would go on the LA River. I knew all the cubby holes. Wow. Some of them, the police would put these wires and things to keep it from going People. in. But we. What well, years were those? That was for three years, um, late sixties, early seventies. And you were just reading, and I love reading, man. Yeah. Shooting up, 
Yeah. And I, I think what helped me, because I never got hip CD. I've had other yeah. problems with my liver. Right. I think it helped me that I pretty much did it with myself or my close homies right, or my right, hanga, right. my girlfriend. And I that's who you shared with, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And mm-hmm. uh, they would have a lot of guys hanging around, do these right. calm heroin dance. We never caught on heroin dance, but they were just yeah. people hanging out and right. shooting up. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine, all right. everybody shoot, sit, shoot. And I remember sharing the same error. Yeah, people would say, yeah, this act. I had my own error. Yeah. It was my own. I just used it. And I didn't plan it. It was like I was smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I just didn't like being around people, man. Yeah, I right. just being, being myself, all my closest homies. So you're locked up. You picked up a pen and pencil. Yeah. I mean, a paper writing. pencil and started writing and it wasn't good writing <laughs> and what but okay so then but what was the thoughts. turning point what was like oh i should do this i can you know i, can, I think I what could happened do this. is I, w- I was 18 years old i was still on heroin and i wrote a piece that got accepted in the el grito magazine a chicano magazine out of berkeley they gave me 250 dollars and this is a lot of money in those 1973 yeah. uh money where that wasn't Criminal money, it right? Yeah, yeah, straight up money. They gave yeah, me for, my first for what you did. On the plane, I was. You know what, man? I've been through yeah. a lot. I've been shot at half a dozen times. Yeah. I've been razor blade to my neck. In out of jails, I was never more scared than when I flew that plane. I'm get on that plane. Scary. I was like, man, you thought I was all hard by coming down hard, and I'm coming. I'm scared to death. But I got in this plane. Yeah. And we ended up in Brooklyn. They had me in a little hotel, and I thought, man, I'm gonna go down the street to score. You can score anywhere. And right, I, right. I would find it uh-huh. that hard. But as soon as I walked in out of my room, they had a, in the lobby was all the people that invited us and they were saying, come to this poetry reading. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't want to go to poetry reading, man. I'm thinking, I don't want to go. Are you good at that time? Are you dope sick? Or, but you're, or, or are yeah. you good? Or no, What are I you was, at that time? I was using, I was okay. pretty bad. Okay, I was and they bad. said, let's go to this poetry yeah, reading. Yeah, but I thought, okay, I'm going to go. In I'll where, in Brooklyn, out. you said? No, in Berkeley. In Berkeley? Oh, Berkeley. shit, okay, okay, okay. It was okay. Just Northern uh-huh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was maybe an hour flight, but I thought it was 20 hours because yeah, it was yeah. so scary. But the point is, I, I thought, okay, let me go with these these guys, and then I'm going to walk away, I'll sneak out. Mm-hmm. But what happened is, it was a poetry reading in Berkeley with Jose Montoya, who you know is the godfather of Chicano poetry. Um, and David Henderson, who was like the leading performance African-American poet, and the Puerto Rican poet, Pedro Pietri, all in one stage, bro. Whoa. These were the masters. Wow. These were like all oh, of them in one stage, and I happened to be there. And you know what? I was going to sneak out, but when they started reading, dude, I started paying attention. And you know, especially Jose, the way, he, and, and they're all animated, they're all moving. Pedro Pietri's funny. Wow. He's got, yeah. And you know what? I, I wouldn't leave. I didn't leave to go no. score, bro. It was like that moment where an epiphany hit me, yeah. and pretty soon I was ready to leave heroin. It took me maybe another year or so. Yeah. Uh, I started actually my withdrawals in the county jail when I got arrested. I got arrested after that. Yeah. And then after that, uh, I you know, had a few relapses and then pretty soon, but I was already like, I'm done. And guess what? I had to do a cold turkey. Yeah. There was yeah. no recovery program. No, no, People no, say, no. well, you how'd you do it? There was nowhere to go. Yeah. You, the general hospital was only accepting heroin addicts for hep C tests. Oh, okay. They weren't helping you get clean. They were just you had. They, you can go free and get a hep C test, but, but that was it. That's the only way they were helping out. So I did it on my own, cold yeah. turkey, man. And I got it. I learned from jail. From they teach you because right. you know the thing about jail, you can get all the heroin you want. Right. But if you want to get clean, there's guys in there that help. They help you get cleaned up. Yeah. yeah. And, shoot, and they're hardcore. Like shoot some sugar over candy bars and. Well, what they'll do is they'll also <laughs> tell you um, you're gonna scream and cry and you're gonna tell yeah. us you were kidding, but we ain't gonna. We yeah, we're not gonna let you get. 
and we'll watch the deputies and we'll yeah. watch the trustees and make sure nobody messes with you. But yeah, well, you and, kid, and yeah. then what I had to do is because I couldn't be hiding in my cell, even when you're sick, you know, my Leas, you know. Yeah. I had to stand in the day room just to let them know anybody I'm here, mm-hmm. I'm not scared. Mm-hmm. If you're hiding your cell, you're a right, right, right. you know, and I, yeah. I, I don't want to do that. Yeah, even if you're kicking. Even, even yeah. if you're, even if you're kicking, sweat. you got to go out there. Yeah, but, it, but it turned out it helped me. <laughs> I had my little relapses, but I, yeah. pretty soon by 19, I would say 19, I was done. So I want to ask you that too, bro. Like, what is it, what can you share about, you know, that for that young person in the hood right now, maybe they're active, maybe they're, maybe they're not, maybe they're just lost in it. What can you share as far as like, Hey, if you feel there's a, if you feel writing is your calling, if you feel photography, if you feel active, what do you, what do you think? To me, that's what it is, man. You get, you need that calling and many have it. And then you got to have that purpose behind it because Without it, why would you quit heroin? Why would you quit the body of your life? It's exciting, it's interesting, all the girls you want, all the drugs you want. Of course, it's a terrible life. In the long run, you're done. You know, you're not even a decent human being. But the point is, if you have purpose, and you really know what you love, what your passion, and you decide, I'm gonna put everything behind there, that's one of the best ways to get out of some of those traps. If you don't got something to replace it, why would you quit it? Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, like all the homies on, on the, on the Kadaga because it was the best way to escape, to numb all the pain, mm-hmm. to not worry about nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a poem that I say, uh, I realize finally, pain is life, life is pain. As long as I have pain, I'm, I'm gonna be okay. I know it's kind of weird, yeah. but that's because I try to get rid of it. I'm talking about emotional pain as well as pain, physical right, of course, pain. Yeah, pain. of course, yeah. Your pain is life, you gotta go through it. Yeah. You gotta be strengthened, you gotta be backbone about it, go through life, right. and then, also the backbone to I'm going to go through my purpose I'm going to find my passions I'm going to live out my life I should be living you know? and, and I feel that that's some of the stuff that you captured with Always Running yeah that's as what a, I, as a memoir yeah. you know and what that's I mean? what I wanted to say in Always Running because I came out of that, that madness it was as bad as it could be and even though I know things got worse you know when my son got involved with gangs in the 90s it was the worst time for gangs mm-hmm. so I know it got worse 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 uh, but I would have to say that even then it's the same story. Yeah. Find your purpose. Find your your destiny. Find what you were meant to do in this world, and put your life behind it. And low writing culture, by the way, as well as the music, as well as the right. poetry, all that is a way to express mm-hmm. and get out of that life. I've used arts, as you know, that's why I got the Achuchas, arts to pull people out of all these trouble. Yeah. I go into prisons, I'm going to prison for 40 years. I didn't do that state prison term mm-hmm. that everybody, my homies or my son did, but I've been going to prisons for 40 years working with prisoners yeah. and are teaching the same thing. Mm-hmm. The keys of liberation, even be in a barbed, you know, yeah. barbed wire mm-hmm. with yeah. barbed, barbed wire or walls, you can still be liberated if you have art. And purpose. I feel too, bro, I feel like that um, some of the best car builders, some of the best painters, some engravers, hydraulic guys that are like, they have that background, you know, and they have that drive that took them out of those neighborhoods, you yeah. know, and they're yeah. doing the best work. And maybe and maybe it is that. that drive, you know? I think it is, because after a while, it's, it becomes your lifeline. You realize, for me, it was my lifeline. My writing became my lifeline. Uh, the social justice struggle was all part of it, but it's like, your lifeline is inside of you. People think it's outside of you. It's not. And I'm not, I'm not saying that you can't go to a church or you can't go to a recovery program. They can't help you. But I always tell you, buddy, those aren't the, the way out. You're the way out. They're just the tools that you use to get out. To get out, yeah. You know, but remember, you're the medicine. As writing was you. a tool for you. Writing yeah. was my tool, my life. And, and in your writing, 
um, it's very lowrider to me, you know. It's a very lowrider. It's very. I know it's like it's got the culture, and I know it's got the the gang culture, the gang life, and raza, yeah. and and what you mentioned, you know, all that background and stuff. But I I, yeah, I feel so a, a ton of lowriding in it. Like, I, after I had the '68 uh, VW, I my next car was a '54 Bentley. Nice. That was the year I was born, mm. and I loved that car, man. And I would work on it, and we would lower it, and. I had uh, I would take the engine off completely off its mounts, redo yeah, it, and redo, rebore yeah. the car, the carburetor, the, the cylinders, do all, yeah, all nice, the work. Nice. And then um, uh, I have a picture. I want to try to find it of my yeah. young son, who's forty six now, the one that went to prison. I have a picture sitting on that car. Yeah. You know, a beautiful <laughs> picture that I, I'd like yeah, to find. Nice. But that became the end of my low riding personal uh, because what happened is I broke up with my wife. I, I got laid off. I worked yeah. in a steel mill. Okay. I, I, I learned mechanics. I learned welding. I learned uh, carpentry. I did all this great stuff. I could do this work. But I was so uh, messed up that I, my drinking, I let go heroin and then drank for mm-hmm. 20 years. Yeah. And I sold that car. This is a terrible story, but I got a poem about it. I sold that 54 Chevy because I was desperate today for $250. Wow. You let go of that 50. That shit and then I blew that two fifty for I blew it yeah. on whatever drinking and burritos I can buy. It was yeah. just the goofiest thing. <laughs> and it was one of my big like, regrets. And I have yeah. a poem about how. And you have a poem of, of that of yeah. that moment of you yeah. selling that car and what selling it meant. That car okay. and what it meant. What's the name of that one? So I can look. It's for it. called um, um, Hunger, I think. Okay. Because I was so hungry for, yeah. but I was hungry for love and life. Yeah, right, right, right. I was hungry. It was just wasn't. Oh, I, yeah, I understood it as soon as you said like hunger. I understood everything. And you then know? I got rid of my my best car, my most prized possession. Wow. Know? Okay. I'd never been able to replace that, but my involvement with no writers never stopped. I became a photographer for Kiyuva magazine. Okay. I took pictures. I went to. You were taking pictures for for yeah, Kiyuva. Yeah. yeah. Did you yeah. do any writing for them? Yeah, or no, just I think I might have written. When I would go to the lowrider shows, I would write. Okay. And by the money for your picture, photos, right? Yeah. Nice, nice. And then uh, the big time I got involved with lowriding happened to be with Denise. Okay. Um, Sandoval yeah. over at CSUN, mm-hmm. uh, California, you know, University yeah. at CSUN because at Northridge, yeah. because she was the lowrider professor. She right. knew it. Mm-hmm. We I saw we became friends. Yeah, she she's great. Big yeah, she's it. And she kept a lot of love and. I eventually ended up going to Tokyo, mm-hmm. and for uh, that lowrider tour I that did. she did, nice. And I yeah. did a whole lowrider. She wasn't part of that, but okay. I went there with Quetzal. Oh, nice. Quetzal okay. and his wife Marta. Oh, cool. And okay. we were doing poetry readings, and they were playing. And then text not Nakamura from War. The, mm-hmm. the yeah, harmonica player was there. <laughs> and then we would go to all the lowriders. They had low cholo stores. Can you imagine? Yeah. They had a cholo radio show. Yeah. They had lowrider shows, and they loved Chicanos, yeah. man. The good thing about those. The one thing I would say about the Tokyo uh, lowriders, people say, well, they appropriate us, but they respect yeah. us. Yeah, that's what I've always said. Like, they, the amount of respect yeah. is just... They because there's a way to do it where you're appropriating, yeah. exploiting it, and then there's a way to do it when it's super respectful, honorable, and we feel it. I feel it, man. When I see that, I'm like, yeah, but they're doing it, like, in a real respectful, honorable way. Like, obviously, they there are certain things they don't get, like, that we have. It's yeah. just in our nature, and they just don't have, but yeah. I feel that way. In the, I don't know if it was the second book, but it's called The Republic of East LA. Yeah, yeah. And I think you might have came out, that one might have came out late 90s. Something, okay. I don't know if it's the first cover or the second cover, but for me. It's the first cover. Okay. Yeah. It was huge for me because I was working at a cafe at the time across from a bookstore. um, And and I seen that book and I knew I was running, but I. 
I, that one just caught my eye, the layout. And then there's Twilight Zone. It's yeah. 1962 yeah. car, Mike Lopez owned Twilight Zone. And for me, and just the letter and everything, did you have anything to do with that? Or, or did you ever want lowriders no, in I your- I told them, um, I'm thinking that Esteban Oriol gave us that photo. Okay, okay. Who was a lowrider photographer. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember. But I asked, I asked Esteban or somebody to yeah. say, please give me a good lowrider. I wanted that. The publisher had no clue. Okay. Really? You don't want a lowrider? I want a lowrider. And of course, Twilight Zone was well known. Yeah, he yeah. He was famous. He did shows all over the world. And then years later with Denise, we did take it to Guadalajara. Right. We did the first lowrider show ever in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Official. Yeah. They might have lowrider shows unofficial. Right, but, right. And we brought Agullo Mexicano. Yeah. Uh, which is from right friend. here down the street, yeah, yeah. somewhere. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, we bought that. We bought, I think, three lowrider bikes. Nice, yeah. And it was great. And Denise organized. She knows all the people. We went over there and blew everybody away because I'd never seen this. And but here's the really great story. They've been importing all these Chicanos, and I say Chicanos because these guys that were undocumented, but they grew up here. Right. Okay. And then they go down there. They all tatuados. They all talk the the like hello, the Chicanos yeah. slang, uh-huh. and uh, they're really Chicanos, but they're there in Guadalajara. Right. They one day they showed up and were lowrider cars and bikes in the parking lot. Yeah. They made an impromptu lowrider show. Show right there. Right in the there in Guadalajara. That's People right. were amazed. Yeah. All the media showed up. Wow. People were taking pictures. And That's cool. They did it out of respect that we had a lowrider show. You guys brought something out for them. Yeah, it was beautiful, yeah. man. It That's was good. really great. And they were like honored. And people were giving them respect because I would go to Mexico and they treated uh, media for the most part treated Mexicans. Chicanos. Chicanos. Really yeah, bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. they talked. Yeah, you talk and shit. They talk shit. Right, right, right. Problem is, I can speak good Spanish. Yeah, yeah. So they had me talking to twenty media people there. Okay. And and as a as Chicano speaking good Spanish, right. I would then know our coach. The same things we're talking here. Mm-hmm. I would talk about who we are. Mm-hmm. Some people had no clue. They thought Chicanos were watered down Mexicans and right. they were more like white people. White culture, right. Adapted to white culture, right. No, no, we have our own culture. We create our own culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good, man. That's good. Um, why, for you, it was like, why was it important to, to add a car on there? You know what I mean? Or why was it? Well, or it was even, big, even your writing, though, bro. Yeah. Even in your writing, like, yeah. why? I kind of feel like a reference on some of the stories, a reference to that cruising, that cruising time. Are well, you trying you know, to capture something that? Yeah. Like that? When I started writing, I think about what am I going to write about? I got to write about what I know. And they tell you that, write about what you don't. There was nobody writing about our culture at the time or the value of actual life. I, I saw a lot of social economic studies of Chicanos, you know, in our life, but nobody was writing fiction or even nonfiction, memoirs. Nobody was telling our story. We had all these magazines. We had great stories, yeah. but the rest of the world didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I, I made some breakthroughs trying to get that understanding okay. in the bigger world. I'm fortunate because I got published by Simon Schuster and Harper Collins. These are big time publishers. They never had somebody like me. Mm-hmm. And I introduced them lowrider covers and, and lowrider stories and my, and my always running. Uh, which they know they didn't know what to do with that either. But I, I got this uh, great uh, Joseph Rodriguez did all the homeboy pictures yeah, in right, East LA, right, and, and I yeah. got one of the, the homeboys pictures back, and yeah. back there uh-huh. on the cover. Yeah, so they could the see the Guadalupe picture. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So they can see how how the people were because their idea of who we were 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 just goofy ass. They had no idea who right. we were. Mm-hmm. So I I wanted to break that through, and I did. Now there's okay. other books. Yeah, there's a. 
a lot of books. There's one book called Me Be the Loca about the Chicano style. It mm-hmm. came out really nice. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. There's low writing. Uh-huh. The East done. Side Story one. The East Side Story uh-huh. yeah, with yeah. Joseph Rodriguez. There's mm-hmm. a number of right. books now that are telling... That tell the, sto- the authentic yeah. story of Chicano culture, and low writing culture. I do culture. want to say something about hip-hop because hip-hop, when it came West Coast, got Chicanoized. People mm-hmm. don't know that. Okay. I remember when I first saw NWA, they were... And I was in Chicago. I said, oh, these are these are blacks imitating Chicago. They were. Yeah. The way they had their hat. Oh, the, the way style. they were. Yeah, the derby jackets, yeah, then, the Raider hat. Yeah, uh, shit. Snoop yeah. Dogg came out. He was all Cholo yeah. Dogg, remember? Yeah, right, right, right. But the one good thing about Snoop Dogg is that he always gave credit to Right, Chicago. right, right. He always And we were talking earlier about even Jesse James as a, as a motorcycle builder. Yeah kind of came with that same aesthetics, the yeah. same style, the Pendletons, the, you know what and I mean? The, the look, the Chicano. Because they had a lot of people doing those low, uh, those cholo, I mean, those chopper shows, mm-hmm. and they weren't giving credit to us. No, no, no. He, there was, he was, it was a white, it was a white kind of West biker Coast thing, Chopper's right? Thing. Yeah, yeah. And he came in, he would say, he looked Chicano, and he actually said, this is, this is where I got that from. The chopper style and the low ride style came from these street life, from the Chicanos, yeah. from these barrios. Yeah. And that's it, man. And I think that's a part that I'm always like, you can't argue that. You know, it came from that style. It came and, from And I that. get it. People love it. White people. Right, right, right. It. Everybody. The world Blacks, loves it. As you yeah. know, there's a nexus between black and brown when it comes to low writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that were in the street at that urban world, we all loved it. Right. And that's, I get that. We, we all share these things. But it was the Chicanos that um, started it and pushed it out and everybody everybody jumped on it because it was amazing and yeah. powerful and Luis and taking it even further back because you had mentioned it too and I've always I've always mentioned that same point about it really coming from our ancestral yeah. thoughts our ancestral look so it's always like the if it's the nice plumas it, it I always see low riding the same way that we we put together chattel horses the same way we put together these war bonnets we, yeah. same way right like real nice yeah. classy Brilliant colors, think, just art, I think you know? it goes back to a profoundest roots, which for Mexicanos, Chicanos is indigenous. Yeah. Uh, yes, there's Spanish conquistadors. There's, we got other cultures coming into our life, but uh, the deepest root is indígena. It's, it is the Mexica. It is the Mayan. And all the tribes all over, because right. there's so many tribes. Right. My mother had roots with Tarumana, the mm-hmm. Radamuri. Radamuri. So yeah. we don't want to forget that it wasn't mm-hmm. all Mexicas and Mayas, right. but mm-hmm. a lot of peoples. Um, Chihuahua. But, yeah, gee, when you're from Chihuahua, you're almost everybody's got yeah. some family members. Yeah, Taromara, yeah. Uh-huh. But I, I think the thing is, we can't forget our profoundest root. Even the people who are mostly indigenous, there's a lot of Mexicans who have no Spanish in them, but they're Mexicanized, they're Hispanicized, they lose their root. Mm-hmm. They even claim mestizo when you look at it, you've got no yeah, mestizo. Your street I've Indian. been in these yeah. pueblitos, we're yeah. done, but our gente. They don't even know Spanish. They don't know Spanish, and, and I said, no, no, this is still. They're still there, yeah. uh, but even the ones who have lost it, you know, how many of our gente, especially here, grew up not knowing that yeah. they have indigenous roots. My mother was, I love my mother because she always told us, somos tarumadas, and nobody in my family cared about that but me. My yeah. brothers and sisters, okay, they were more moved on. I loved it. I said, really? I want to know these people. Yeah, that's our and tribe. I, right? I even went down to Chihuahua. I went to the Copper Canyon. The Copper Canyon, yeah. I spent time with them to get to know them. I spent yeah, time yeah. in their, their villages right. with no electricity, no mm-hmm. portable water, yeah. and got to know their cultures, and they loved me after a while. Because, right. you know, they saw me as a, what they call a sabochi, a stranger. Mm-hmm. And I look Mexican to them. They're the best Mexicano, because yeah. they don't come to the Mexican. Right, right. But I told them, no, my mother has Ramadi roots, and mm-hmm. I wanted to come back. And they were amazed to hear that, because you know what they say? Nobody comes back. 
we're really glad you're here. They open doors, they bump into their caves, they live in cuevas. Yeah. They live in caves and they're beautiful and they're clean and they're, they don't got much. Some of them are starving. Yeah. But they opened their doors to me because I said, I wanted to find my roots. Because mm-hmm. they said, nobody comes back. So yeah. it's, it's beautiful to know that and to, how do you say, take care of it. And, and, and I feel that, and we've talked before, like your experience and your time in the Navajo Nation, yeah. up in the Plains Natives, like yeah. all these places. And then I feel like that richness, yeah. your own background yeah. in, in that barrio life is, is really what Tia Chuchas is about, you know? And, yeah, and Tia Chuchas, I, I want to make sure that I mention Tia Chuchas yeah. because it's a, even for it to be, it's longevity in itself is it such a success. It, it's hard. 20 years, but you know how many even better places than us open and closed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we took them as examples. And what is the Achuchas? What can you say? Is I mean, for me, it was yeah. like the conscious bookstore from when I first, yeah. you know, the, at the very first time that I knew about it 20 years ago, bro. It was like, this is a conscious yeah. community neighbor. Um, place it wasn't even you know a cafe or bookstore but it was like oh you go there your community you go there and do danza you go there and maybe hear a nahuatlaka speaker maybe you know what i mean well i think what it was is one indigenous based always but also transformative arts all the arts here was to transform people families and communities and that's what we've been doing. Of course, we've taken it to prisons and juvenile halls. We work in the juvenile hall here in Somar. We work in the parolee house, and we take it everywhere. But the space itself draws young people. They learn music, dance, theater, writing. They learn art, painting. Um, we have a lot of painters and artists that work with us. Uh, as you can tell, it's very beautifully where you can yeah. see it here, but beautifully mm-hmm. painted. Yeah. We have a beautiful mural up in, up in the middle of the whole place. So the idea is that, again, the expressing from the body of street life Everything that came out of there is expressed here. Only we going back all the way to our roots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're bringing yeah. both, and I don't even want to say both worlds because for me it's the same world. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's our makeup right here. Like it's our makeup well, for me. It's, people. That's yeah. what it is, and people want to separate all these things, but I can't. No. I'm indigenous, but I'm also Chicano. I'm also Cholio. I'm also yeah. lowrider. I'm yeah. looking back at all these layers, but it, I know that that's that's who we are. That's who we are. And we can't separate yeah. that. And guess what? I go to the reservations a lot because we have good relationships. There and there's a lot of cholios among these native kids right, now. Yeah. I don't mind them being cholos, but I, they go to war with each other. I go, listen, Dan, just like we had the end riding warfare, we should do that. Right. We, we, you shouldn't fight each other. Yeah. But there's a lot of kids that gravitate towards our, our cultura. And, and my biggest thing is like giving them opportunities, but also the beauty. I, for me, it's like, yeah, we shouldn't, they shouldn't war with each other because there's so much beauty and richness in our cultures. I've been on the Navajo Nation. I've been up with the Lakotas. I've been yeah. up north with the wind tunes, you know, yeah. all these tribes. And it's the same thing yeah. for the young people. For me, it's always like, man, there's so much beauty in it. There's so much art. There's so much in our culture. There's so much tradition and ceremonies. But I think the same way when I go into our neighborhoods in, in LA, East LA, South Central, I'm like, yeah. low riding is that beauty. Low it riding is, is that it, art. Low riding is that tradition. Yeah. It does unite. Barrios eventually let go of their barrio going war with each other to join in with a low rider club. And it didn't matter what barrio you were from. You all respect each other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. They united families and communities. Right. And it works. And I tell people that you want to stop 
gang warfare, have more art, more yeah. expression, have yeah. more lowrider clubs, have yeah. more spaces like this. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's better than setting up creating prisons, yeah. 12 to $13 billion in the state. Privatized prisons. prisons. Privatized right. prisons. Mm-hmm. Put the money in the community, you won't have as many gangs, I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it, it, mm-hmm. you want to stop gang warfare? Just so let's talk about that, bro. Let's talk about your next endeavors, you know, and what you're yeah. going to throw your hat in the well, governor the race. Thing. How's it going? Everything I do has an expression. One of them is I do have a political expression. I don't, I know people say, why would you, I'm running for governor of California. Why would you do that? It's an inept kind of, uh, it's no good arena. But I say, I don't turn, I don't give up any arena. Why am I giving it up to racist, white supremacist corporations, or even a bunch of liberals that don't know what to do? Let's take over for all our people. Things. Yeah. Make our people heard. Tell our story, yeah. and it's really everybody's story. Because yeah. I'm not trying to just say I'm really no, no, no. just yeah. Yeah. But any anybody who has never been heard, never been seen, mm-hmm. who's been pushed aside, I'm trying to represent those voices. We have a, a two party system that doesn't represent any of that. No. And I don't care how good people say Democrats are. There's still gaps, huge gaps. Yeah. How do you have a state that's the fifth largest economy with the largest homeless population? How do you have a the be with us the the most poorest state? per capita than any state in the country. Worse than Georgia, Mississippi. How can you, how can you do that? So to me, I want to address those gaps. Yeah, I want to address the yeah. environment gaps. I want to address the gaps in our schools, yeah. the healthcare gaps, all these gaps that we have. The pandemic has exposed everything. You yeah. know, we're in really bad shape here. Yeah, in this, right, in this right, system. right. The pandemic so did expose I want, And I don't want to just be out liberal the liberals. I want to shift. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Liberal, yeah, 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 I want to shift the whole thing. Good. Let's shift it to real justice, environmental justice, economic justice, social justice. That's all. Let's make it work. That's all, that's all. For the lowrider community, and I'm not a spokesperson by any means, um, my experience has been, you know, our dealings with CHP, yeah. police harassment, towing our cars. And honestly, yeah. I'm a family man. I put a lot of time, energy, and money into my classic car that I'm following my traditions, yeah. my culture, yeah. to be harassed, to be have the boulevard shut down. What do you think as, not maybe not even a political stance on that, but maybe what do you think might be some of like, I don't know, some solutions? Some well, I mean, I think, here's what I would do if I were to make your governor. I would have a low rider caravan to yeah. Sacramento. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Let's do writers. it. Yeah, sign me up. <laughs> I will unite these barrios and neighborhoods. There you go. Let's go together and yeah. let's make low writing culture. It's the, one of the best expressions of California and other parts, but yeah. obviously California culture there is. Yeah. But like you say, Tokyo and Taiwan, there's yeah. a whole... Yeah. Loving it in Brazil. Yeah. In Spain even has a low writer culture. There's yeah. people worldwide see what we've done. Yeah. And... It's here that we don't get recognized. Yeah. It's in our own home where we right. get criminalized and attacked. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, let's make this the, the powerful expression of the state. And, and, and I have to say the state because I've been to San Jose and the mm-hmm. Bay Area where right. low riding is also very yeah, huge. Of course. Central yeah. Valley. San Diego. A lot, areas, of, San yeah. Diego, a lot of great clubs, a lot mm-hmm. of great low riding. So it's like, it's a statewide thing for me. So let's make it a big thing and say, this is beauty. You know, there's three things I think we need to do, and maybe I, we can in here, I don't know, but uh, one is bring more beauty in the world, but it's got to be beauty from inside, who we are. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just create what other people have done. Yeah. This is what we do. Two, you got to bring um, more um, truth. We need a lot of truth in this world, yeah. especially in politics. Right, right. Everybody's <laughs> lying. Everybody, yeah. You can't get a truthful thing nowhere. Yeah. And that has to do with being more um, uh, scientific, but more, you know, yeah. Just real about what's going on, the right. reality of our lives. And the last thing is you gotta have more decency, man. 
You know, I, I don't really want to attack even Governor Newsom. I don't want to hear, I don't hate on nobody. Right. It's just we need to do better. We yeah. deserve better. better yeah. We can do better. Yeah. We can make this happen. I'm pushing everybody to go in that shift and yeah. not just get stuck with the scarcity. I would love to have our voices heard, man, like yeah. that, you know? I would yeah. love for even the the hardworking neighborhoods in in these you know what I mean in these barrios in these hoods these lowrider people these lowrider successful people all are unite vote yeah. and be heard yeah yeah and you know it is getting I I'm, I'm on Instagram and I'm a lowrider big and social media yeah no yeah there's a whole and and we talked about it before this you mentioned it the golden era of lowriding yeah. during those 60s 70s yeah. right but there's a huge resurgence now yeah. through social media and yeah. and it would be really it would be beautiful to have a movement of it of lowriders and say hey here's our votes here's what we want to see as policy here's what we want to see as far as allowing us cruises you know yeah. and Absolutely. and i do feel like you it's only highlighted in our cities and our counties in our state when they want it you know, they say, "Oh, come visit LA. Look at lowriders." We're not, but they don't want us, man. You know what I mean? No, it's it's really sad how we don't get recognized when even the graffiti that we're known for. LA was a was the mural capital of the world, and they stopped doing murals. Yeah. Then it became the graffiti capital of the world. Yeah. All over the world was here, and then they started doing anti-graffiti abatement. They got rid of beautiful pieces, yeah. big beautiful pieces. I'm I'm not talking about just tagging. No, right, right, right. I'm talking yeah. about they big got rid of pieces. the LA River had massive. They got rid of Mars. Like everything that's really beautiful and expressive of who we are gets destroyed and or yeah, exploited or whatever. Exploited. Yeah. And yeah. so we have to reclaim it and say, yeah. let's put it out there. And this really does help kids stop being in trouble, stop being yeah. in gangs, stop being on drugs, honestly. Right. Yeah. No, well, I what know are you going to replace that? Mm-hmm. You know? And like you said, they, they feel replacing it is building another prison or making another law that's criminalizing youth for yeah. expressing themselves. Where can we find more about your um, the race, your um, you know your works, um, you know yeah, what, so what's new? I have a website, um, Louise Four, the number four, okay, Governor dot org. Louise Four Governor. Anybody is interested in my campaign, want to know more about it? Go there. We have videos. We have my statements. We also have a place to volunteer and a place to donate because I need to raise a lot of money. Right. Okay. Uh, I, none of my money is again. I don't got. A lot of money. People right. think a lot of money, but whatever money we can get, <laughs> we yeah. throw it in there. Um, to know more about me personally, go to LuisJRodriguez.com. Okay. That's my own website. Okay. It's got a lot of stuff in there. And then to know more about the Achuchas, go to uh, TIACHUCHA.org. Okay. You'll get everything about the Achuchas, our hours, well, our, our events, and okay. our books. We have a whole bookstore. Mm-hmm. Um, you can order virtually on the, yeah. on the bookstore. Let's get you out to some of these lowrider events too, Luis. I would love it, man. Yeah, I've been I haven't been to a lot of them. Even when I was, in, I'll tell you a story real quickly. I was in Chicago, mm-hmm. and there's a lowrider scene. Yeah, there is. So yeah, I sure went is. to the Midwest mm-hmm. lowrider scene. It was really cool. Yeah. And at one time, there was a big, huge um, lowrider event downtown Chicago, okay. and they invited me to speak on lowriding. Yeah. Always running my books out there. Nice. And then to speak, That's I got. Right. But here's what happened. Mm-hmm. They had me speak with a hip hop group and went in mm-hmm. and a group of of um, the sexy dancers yeah. and I go man I'm not going to do no speech so you know what I did I went in there and just talked up no writing que viva que viva cultura que viva la expresión I just and I got them all riled yeah. up and, they, and then it led to the next thing because they wanted me to do a whole history of no writing yeah. are you kidding me in between the zip I'm through for this Girls dancing. Yeah, I'm right. Like, I'm not, like, not going to compete. But it worked out. I just Good. did a rouse. And that's thing. what I mean, bro. That's yeah. what I mean. Uh, 
it, we need to celebrate, we need to highlight, we need to acknowledge people like you. You know, I'm, I'm huge on like, who are our predecessors? Who were the ones before us? Who were doing, building these cards? Who were writing these poems? Who were putting down these placas? You know what I mean? Like, and we need to make sure that when they're, they're still here, we honor them here, not when they're yeah. gone, man. I agree with that. In fact, I'll say one other thing. I'm supposed to be retired, uh, you know, but I tell everybody I'm not retiring. I'm refiring. Mm-hmm. There you I'm, go. I'm, out, I'm still out there. Yes, as long so. as I got my health, I'll yeah. be out there for our community, right. for our Hampton. And I like to bring a boat up young people. Yes. That's how Thea Chuchas is being run by young people now. Yeah. Me and my wife no longer run it. Yeah. Day by day, we're still active, but right. it's in their hands. Mm-hmm. They're doing a great job. So there's a role for even somebody like me, older dude. I'm in my late 60s. Yeah. Uh, what do we do? I sit around and watch TV yeah. all day long? No, we get out there in community and we help. We teach. We we become elders as much as we can be. Thank you for doing that, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I really do. And um, thank you for doing this. We're going to stay in touch. We're going to see what you're doing. We're yeah. going to support it and just keep letting us know what you're doing next yeah. and what we can do to come out in a movement and support it. And yeah. best of luck. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What's up, everyone? I really hope you enjoyed the episode with uh, Luis Rodriguez. I wanted to um, dedicate this episode to uh, someone we lost recently in the lowrider community, and that's Robert Lopez. I knew him as Bob for many years. Um, some people knew him as Brocha. Some people knew him as Pally. Um, you know, been around for a long time at the shows, at the cruise nights, at the picnics, and uh, you know, in the LA area, the East LA area. So, just want to send out my condolences to the family. Um, there'll be some events coming up. I know that there's one uh, February 6th, Sunday, February 6th, and that's taking place uh, 9 to 4 p.m. And that's at 251 Irwindale Avenue in Azusa. Um, so just a, uh, you know, a hard hit to the lowrider community. And um, we want to make sure that we're there to pull for each other and remember the family and uh, remember, um, you know, Bob's memory like that in a good way. That's it. Thank you.